Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I can't believe you actually made it to the studio, Audrey. It's been like a whirlwind. staggering in here. Staggering It's been been crazy. You know, coming off of our biggest awards ceremony of the year, the Pittsburgh... Tech 50 Awards, honoring the 50 fastest growing, most innovative technology companies in southwestern Pennsylvania is no small feat when 750 plus people show up to celebrate and have a good time. I know, it's a great you night. Know, we've been talking about it on air. We announced the finalists, Audrey, way back in August. We announced the finalists. Remember that? I hardly remember it. No, right? It's so long ago, but we actually have some winners to talk about tonight. I'm excited about this. Okay. So, Audrey, do you want to kick it off with our first winner of the night? Who are the big winners? Let's, you take a couple of these guys. Okay. So, innovator of the year. Yeah. Manufacturing. Oh, yeah. And it's the Kurt J. Lesker III Award for excellence. Yes. Kurt J. Lesker, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, you know, miss him. Kurt J. Lesker, he was a good dude, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, there's a Kurt J. Lesker the fourth, mm-hmm. who has taken over the company. But Kurt J. Lesker was was a big friend to the tech council and a passionate man, doing incredible things even outside of his company. Right, right, right. And so we have an award in his honor, and the winner, Watt Fuel Cell. Very cool company. They actually relocated here yeah. from Long Island. Yeah. And uh, are manufacturing a solid cable, I mean, solid oxide fuel cell. And uh, that stacks and systems that operate on common, readily available fuels, yep. which include things that are near and dear to us, which is propane and natural gas. Working with people's gas. Working actually with people's. Put these in people's basements yeah. to so create So that's a fuel really cell. exciting. That's, that's an up and coming company for everyone to pay attention to. 100%. No, we have like we had nine categories this year. So there's a lot a lot of people celebrating, a lot of people getting awards. And one of them that I was really excited about, and these were no strangers to Tech Vibe Radio, was our friends at Teletracking Technologies, Audrey. They won Innovator of the Year for Health IT. And Health IT is this cool segment that Pittsburgh's really becoming known for, that intersection of information technology and healthcare. I think it's so transformative. And well, it's you- really trying to get a lot of the inefficiencies that occur within the workflow of hospitals and where there's a ton of waste. And that's where yeah. that company sort of originated. I was so pumped when they won. I just thought it was such a cool, yeah. but a great company to win that award. Now, Audrey, here's a company that you know much, much about. Well, yeah, Solution Provider of the Year. Yeah. And the winner yes. is SDLC. SDLC Partners. They've been around... 12 years now? Is it 12 13 years? years? 12 or 13 years? Over 500 people work in there. Oh, it's sort of interesting. They yes. do custom, customized digital solutions and uh, work with companies to make sure that there's talent processes and the appropriate leadership. Absolutely, I mean, for companies to actually take, you know, their products and services to the next level. Yeah, and 
once again, how many times has their Chris, rapid growth has been? It's phenomenal. It's been phenomenal. Do you remember when but they the celebrated? Category is a big category. A lot of oh, great big competition companies. There. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of great companies that are inside of. That I just remember having them, having them on the air for their 10th anniversary and us talking about their growth curve. I know. And that's just it's really. Just I was insane. like, man, it, it takes a company like yours to do what you do. I just find them amazing. Now here's a company that's gone through transformation over the years. I know. So I think it's I mean, very exciting, Audrey. Tell us, tell us about the so innovator, innovator of the year. So we have innovator of the year in life sciences, mm-hmm. and the winner's Philips. Yes. And you know, you may know the Philips name. I mean, the, the products that they have it's just uh, it's continuous and it it touches almost all of us. And their focus as a global leader in health technology, you know, is really very significant. So they started with the acquisition of um, Respironics. Yes. And Respironics uh, focus on sleep apnea. And uh, they've actually taken that and built their presence in Pittsburgh, which, by the way, I was at their groundbreaking for Bakery Square 3. How cool was that? And, uh, you know, they focus on, you know, sleep apnea management, sleep technology, oxygen therapy, non-invasive ventilation, and respiratory drug delivery. Sleep is they so important. They actually have taken this device because my my own mother does inhalation therapy, and they've taken this big okay. device and made yeah. it small, like really? teeny, teeny tiny that distributes the the medicine. Wow! In an efficient fashion. So cool we're excited that? about their presence here, yeah. and the fact that it was they acquired the company and they built and they built their the, they're building here. presence in the city. So our, this is a new category this year, Audrey. We added our Innovator of the Year for Artificial Intelligence and Robotics. And you can only give it to a company that raised like $93 million last year, and that was Petuum. They and do so what do they stuff. do? So Petuum is all about artificial intelligence, and they're trying to bring it really to, to – they're trying to simplify it, bring it to all types of companies to use it to help their business processes. And like I said, they're just an amazing company, growing like crazy. So happy to have them part of Tech 50. It was the first time they entered Tech 50, first time for this category. So first, 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 Petuum. Check them out. I mean, that that's the future of Pittsburgh right there. Artificial intelligence, robotics, having them go on. Audrey, there's, here's one you got to announce because we've known these guys for Culture Leader of the Year. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is a category that really speaks to the actual culture of the organization exactly. and how they sort of portray themselves and have articulated what they do, but was reinforced in terms of um, the litmus test of the people that work there. And the winner is NetHealth. They have been a leader in this region for a long time. I mean, 20, they started. They started, years. you know, in wound management, and they're a leader in software solutions that now are, they refer to as specialized outpatient care. Exactly. And they started with wound management, and they've actually done a bunch of. Uh, hiring and, and uh, acquiring of other companies. And they were and just acquired grown. last year. Right. And then yeah. they were acquired. But they're keeping their Pittsburgh presence. They're keeping their presence. They're and... keeping their name. And uh, they were a startup like over 20 years ago. And so, what I do you know is Patrick Coletti back with the company today, culture was always key to him. He right. wanted his people engaged, knowing the cause, all rowing the boat in the same direction. And this award proves that that's what they're doing there. So how exciting for, for net health. I mean, I think it's only the second time they've won something in Tech 50 over the past 10 years. And it's not, not an easy feat to win a Tech 50 award. That is for sure, as far as that goes. Right. Now, Audrey, every year we honor a CEO. And I think this is very exciting because we've got to call the leader of a company. And this year, Audrey, Teresa Huber from Intervala was one of was our CEO of the year. I was really pumped because she yeah. has done an amazing job over the past two years there bringing, bringing that company back together. Know, right. And then just 
literally taking it through. So they do a lot of contract manufacturing for circuit boards and electronics and right. things like that. And uh, she's an amazing woman. I mean, she must be so inspiring to work for because she really, she, she's just plugging it in. Simple as that. So we only have a couple minutes before a break. We've got a couple more categories. We have to rush through this because, oh, my goodness, time's going like, like crazy. So, Audrey, how about the next category? You'll go through that, and then I will do the last one. So you go with our next So category. the next category is yes. Solution Provider of the Year mm-hmm. and Innovative Technologies, and the winner is Gray Matter. And Gray Matter has actually been around for a lo- for quite a while, but they have really repositioned themselves and articulated their focus on best solutions in industrial companies. Exactly right. Which includes digital transformation. We've had them on the show before. They're oh, yeah. doing some interesting things with CNX. Exactly. That was, they're working, yeah. you know, with General Electric, Marzet- you know, um, Marzetti, U.S. Steel, PPG, in terms of locally. So we're excited that they've made their commitment back to not just being a global company, but locally helping us. Absolutely. Fantastic stuff. And our last category, perhaps our, our most favorite category, if you can pick a favorite category, is our startup of the year. Right. And we, Leah Lizarondo is just doing such awesome work with 412 Food Rescue. I just think that's so amazing that they won. I mean, they have an app. If, you, if you're at a restaurant and you have a lot of food that you're going to throw away but it's perfectly good to eat, call them. They'll rescue that food and but give they, people yeah, a Yeah, she's essentially built an, an Uber-like app where people exactly. can volunteer. And they can volunteer. You can just check in and say, I've got 15 minutes today. I can volunteer. Here's what I can do. Make the connections. And they pick up and drop. Just that simple. Anyhow, we got to go to break. Like I said, Tech 50, big night. Congratulations to all the winners and the finalists. You're all near and dear to our hearts here. You are all making Pittsburgh kick butt. We just love it. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us and all of our awesome members and these Tech 50 winners and finalists by going to pghtech.org. So glad you joined us here on Tech Vibe Radio tonight, this Friday night. Audrey, I keep saying it, Friday night's my favorite night of the week. Because you don't have to work. Because I get to hang out in the studio with you and our cool guests. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I don't know. we got a cool guy hanging up with us tonight, actually. First time on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the first absolutely. Time. Craig Burnick from mm-hmm. Five. We nine. have to do the shakedown. We did, yes. What's the shakedown? Oh, see, he didn't even know he's being shook down. That's how good we are. Now no, right? I'm worried. <laughs> you just told us things we can now use against you <laughs> in this very interview before we came on air. So, no, but Craig, hey, thanks for stopping by and hanging out with us. Quickly, tell our listeners what exactly is 5.9 and what do you guys do? Uh, 5.9 is a cloud-based contact center technology company, um, and we basically take companies who are using outdated or no technology at all today. Which is a lot of companies. Which is a lot of companies. And we move them primarily from premise-based solutions to the cloud. Right. Um, and we, we really try and drive them to uh, a point where they can more successfully integrate with their customers, get a better customer experience, um, whether it's through you know, call-based technologies, uh, chats, emails, social media, et cetera. Wow. So wait, so you said... For those people and those companies that don't use technology? Well, it, it can be those who don't use technology or those that have old technology. There's a lot so of So give an example. Solutions. Like yeah, what sure. might that be? So people who are listening. Because everyone would say we all use technology. <laughs> Everybody would say that, but they don't all necessarily don't know. know that. You know. <laughs> exactly. So peel it back. Sure. So so there's, there's a lot of premise-based solutions that are out there. Um, if you look at things like... Uh, and I'm not sure if I can use names or not. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, so older technologies as that long are as premise-based, like, yeah. like Siemens and Avaya and Cisco technologies that were were really in-house solutions that were in 
corporations' data centers. Mm -hmm. um, those types of technologies were typically um, refreshed every couple of years because that's, that's about as quickly as right. they could do those things. When you move your solutions to the cloud, we've got the ability to put those technologies um, – I shouldn't say put those technologies, but refresh those technologies yeah. on a more regular and more frequent basis – as well as react to the marketplace much, much quicker. And if I'm one of those people who grew up in a data center, which I did, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even have to worry about that. Well, you save a lot of things. So you're going to save on rack space. You're going to save your power, your cooling. Right. Um, you can reallocate personnel to other So I'm going to get a different projects. job. Well, you, you, well, not necessarily a different job, but reallocate those resources to things that are more pressing. Right versus things that are more routine that can be handled really mm -hmm. by the contact center tech, sorry, the contact center personnel themselves. Right. As okay. opposed to needing an IT resource. I I, I think it's So any yeah. size company? Uh, we primarily and, and I say primarily, um, pretty much anything from ten to thousands of seats. So yes, pretty much any really? size. Any size. Right. Okay. So that's, that's that, cool. I think that makes and it so unique, right? What we're, about we're very your scalable. market in Pittsburgh? Is this your home? Is this uh, this is where I reside. We do have some customers here. Um, we've, we're global, though. We've got customers. We've got 2,000-plus customers uh, across Around the, the world? US and, and the globe, correct. Wow. So don't you want to have more customers in Pittsburgh? We'd love to have more customers in Pittsburgh. Right. Okay, so, so, so there's someone out there listening. Like, Where can they go and learn more about, about Five9 so they can, they can check you out? www.59.com. Okay. F-I-V-E, the number nine.com. Or they can call me. Okay. <laughs> what's your, talk to what's your number, man? What's your what's cell your phone? Yeah, we want your what's cell phone. phone? You always, I, I would actually <laughs> give that out to you. Okay. <laughs> you never know. Someone's out there and wants to know this guy's cell phone number. Take this 50,000-watt signal and make it your baby. You, you can yes. reach me at 412-737-0515. I knew Audrey's going to crank call in about 20 minutes. I am. Yeah. Well, I, I, she crank called me on the way here. <laughs> oh, she, oh, she, <laughs> she has it. I, I had a feeling that was her doing that, too. I wasn't sure. That was part of the shakedown we are talking about earlier on as far as they could. So, so I mean, actually, yeah. you you um, replace phone solutions as well, or voice. So we we have the ability to replace your your telephony system as well. Okay. Um, so we partner with what are typically considered unified communications providers. Uh, we white label some, and we also partner with others. Oh, good. Okay. Um, but we specifically are focused on contact center technology, uh, the core contact center technology. So when you start looking at other solutions like workforce optimization tools, workforce management, uh, analytics, quality management. We partner with other companies, but we also put that in our data center. So it's in the cloud as well. So we, we use companies such as Verant and CSI and Collaborate. All the big cetera. folks All right the there. Yeah, so absolutely. people are listening and they're saying they're tired of either not doing refreshes, not knowing enough about the technology. They run a small company, anywhere between 10 and 200 people. Sure. Right? They should call you. Sure. And so what is your job there? So my job is an enterprise sales director. Um, I'm a little bit different from most of our enterprise sales directors because I'm also a what I call recovering IT executive. Oh, I've heard about oh, this. Oh, gosh. You're like on step 11 of that 12-step program. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Are we going to have to talk you off the cliff? Or? No, I, I spent about 20 years building this exact type of technology for various Oh, really? Companies. Yeah. 
So my last company, I had about 8,500 agents in 43 contact centers across the U.S. Wow. So you're like yeah. doing nothing now. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're cruising, I wouldn't, right? I wouldn't put it quite that way. You're on cruise control, it's, it's, dude. It's, it's a little different world. I went to the dark side for all those people in sales. You you're did. Gonna, you never saying that, you but it's went true. to the dark, the dark side, side, right? That's what I always called it when I was in IT, so yeah. What's it like being on the other side? Yeah, the what's it again? like? Yes. Uh, it's different. Um what does that mean? More, well, of, more of your soul's intact? Or, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure this one out. It's so, so it's more consultative, right? Yeah. So as opposed to when you're purchasing, you know, you're, you're the guy making the decision. You're the guy, you know, trying to evaluate. In this case, I'm trying to consult with people and explain to them right. the, the technology, the value of the technology, how it works. Because when you're using what you're used to, the new stuff is, you know, it's new, it's challenging. You've got to be able to convince not just yourself, but others in your organization. What's the real value of it, et cetera? Yeah, you kind of become that. Yeah, that's that. So you, in many ways, will help the IT directors and CIOs. IT directors, CIOs, CFOs, uh, contact center managers, call center managers, and, and that's one of the other things. Is a, a lot of people say, so so what's a contact center, right? Help desks, call centers. Mm -hmm. You know, you call you call in to talk to your your cable provider, your you know, uh, utility company, et cetera, they all take those calls. If you're online chatting with a retail operator. Mm -hmm. uh, a, yeah, they're taking that call. And sure. They're part so, of it, somebody's right? got to take that. You're trying to order something online and you're having trouble. They're doing a chat, right? Exactly right. What is that? Yeah. that? That still needs to be routed to an agent who's going to mm -hmm. respond to that chat. Or you send an email in. All those types of things. You could be texting in today. I think, yeah, that's exactly right. That's it. All has to go through one system, and so you. Well, it's all better it. if yeah. it goes through one system because right. you're routing things in a in a unified way. And when you start looking at, you know, my kids, for example, my kids rarely call, hate email, will chat only if necessary, but will text every day if you ask exactly. them anything. That's right. how I am. Yeah. So, so from a technology perspective, you got to keep up with. You got to make sure that's there, and you and can help them keep up. Like I said, because. Or never, not, or if you don't want to talk to them. <laughs> you just completely just, yeah, leave people behind. If you don't want to talk to them. I've got to take the fifth on that because my exactly. kids are really mad at me if you make me say that. <laughs> <laughs> so are you a native Pittsburgher? I am not. I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. Ooh. What keeps you in Pittsburgh? Buffalo, you yeah. Um, I, I've been here for about 30 years. Okay. Oh, well, then uh, you're stuck. All my kids were born and raised okay. here. My wife's from here. Oh, well, then, yeah. Okay, you're just Pittsburgh, man. Yeah. That's it. Is Sorry. anything happening in Buffalo these days? Uh, Buffalo's really on the uptake. Yeah? Yeah. You hear that? I'd like to know that. That's great to know. That hey, they're, have you been up there lately? But do you believe not. it? I would say I believe it. I would say I believe it. No, we need to research that because I, I believe in this whole region, like all the way how, up. What's like, the drive to Buffalo? Four hours? Four hours? Yeah, three, yeah. three and a half to four, half depending four. on oh, how okay. fast you drive. And knowing exactly. you, it's probably about 315. 315? <laughs> <laughs> More like 620. Yeah, for uh, me, uh, I'll yeah. be like stopping along the way, exactly. picking up apples. Picking up apples along the way. Corn. Lots of corn, lots of strawberries corn. up there. Yep. So we've got about 30 seconds left. Once again, people want to learn more about uh, about about 5.9. Where can they go and check you out? Yeah, absolutely. Go to www.59.com. Give me a call, 412-737-0515. Happy to talk to you. Craig Burnick, you're the best. Thanks for hanging Thank on you. with us tonight. Thank you, yeah. guys. Appreciate the time. Great stuff. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We've got do, more. Do you know he was a Buffalonian? A Buffalonian. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> great White North. The Great White North. <laughs> Anyhow, we're taking a quick break. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org and head on over to Twitter at pghtech.
Sometimes it's like we're not even at work, Audrey. We get to yeah. hang out with some really cool people, bringing you this show every Friday night. And I've been actually trying to put this segment together. I think it's been like six months now. Really? Yeah, it's been a very long time. Huh. But finally, our day has come, and we have Chris Martin and Zico Coulter from the Bosch CMU Artificial Intelligence Lab, which just opened its doors. I know. There's yeah. been a lot of great press about it. Very cool stuff. I heard millions and millions and millions of impressions. Just saying. <laughs> so, so, so Bosch launched this Bosch Center, right, for artificial intelligence in just June yes. of this year. So let's let's sort of dive in a little bit. All right. Sure. Okay. The partnership, why this is important, what this means. And, and Zico, let's start And with by you. the way, yeah. who are you? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> by the way, who are you? We want <laughs> to know. Good. We need to know. All right. So I, I'm Zico Coulter. I'm a uh, faculty member at Carnegie Mellon University where I work in the computer science department. And um, my field that I work in is artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, so broadly speaking, artificial intelligence is sort of the study of uh, how to make computers do things that we associate with intelligence. That's mm -hmm. a really broad definition, but I like the definition. I like that. Yeah, definition. I like the ballpark. It's, 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 it's understandable, right? right? It doesn't get into any details. Right. Um, so in June, uh, we kicked off this collaboration with Bosch. Mm -hmm. And that really involves two things. So on the one hand, uh, Bosch is providing some funding for the work that goes on in my lab. So they're, they're sponsoring Lucky PhD. You. Well, exactly. It's pretty good for That's me, right? <laughs> it's good for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so they're providing some, 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 uh, support for PhD students in my labs to conduct research and actually research in collaboration with, uh, people that, that work at Bosch in Germany, um, as well as eventually the people that, that work here that we're gonna, that we're gonna, um, build a team of. Uh, and the second thing is that Bosch is also starting an AI research lab here in Pittsburgh. So cool. in in the uh, by the Strip District, we're setting up a lab there, um, and I'm also working there. I'm, I'm I'm there as well as the chief scientist of AI research, um, and they were building a team of about 20 people. We're targeting by the end of this of, of this year to work on topics that kind of revolve around how to make artificial intelligence really more safe and more robust. And I can talk about what that means. So there's a an ethics bit. component to this. I wouldn't say an ethics component. There there is definitely an ethics component of of in the big picture, right? Okay. We're not. Researching sure. the ethics of AI per se, okay. but what I will say is that uh, Bosch is a company that makes things. First right. of all, right? We're, we're the number one automotive supplier in the world, um, and so when you think about putting artificial intelligence in products, right, in real things in the world, there's a higher standard, a higher level of um, of need for. Uh, guarantees about safety and kind of sure. being able to understand where the systems are going to work and where they're not going to work, right? If you're translating text, uh, if you get a word wrong, it's not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. If you're analyzing camera data to determine if there's a pedestrian in the street and you get that wrong, that can be a really can't big mess deal. that up. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to do, provide kind of fundamental research on ways to make AI safer, uh, more reliable, and more robust. Very cool. And so, Chris, what's your role? and all this good stuff that's going on. So I'm not nearly as cool as Zico. So Zico has the job I've always wanted. So while he's faculty at Carnegie Mellon, uh, I'm the uh, director for the research lab uh, here at, at Bosch. That's uh, fairly uh, cool. I think it's, that's pretty rad, decent, man. Decent, I would yeah. like to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. come on. Faculty is a different different. different You're level. selling yourself short. I'm uh, sorry. I'm, uh, I'm, so I'm, I'm CMU alum, but haven't quite uh, crossed that, 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 that threshold back in the day. Uh, not yet, uh, not ever, perhaps. But uh, yeah, so uh, Bosch has been here uh, definitely before Pittsburgh was cool. I would say. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I'm not originally from the area. I moved here a long time ago to go to CMU. 
Um, but uh, back in the late 90s, there were not a whole lot of companies uh, moving in and setting no. up R&D centers exactly right. uh, here. And so that back in 1999 is when we wa- launched the lab, and that's when my affiliation with Bosch started. And we've been here, so it's coming up on 20 years now. We originally started. I, I remember, yeah, it yeah. was 99 when that, that popped up. Yeah. So you've been with it since 99. I have, yes. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. So that's really Very exciting. Cool. So yeah. what what are you so excited about right now? Um, so our investment in Pittsburgh is uh, is is accelerating all the time. So of course, the the BCA, the Bosch Center for Artificial mm-hmm. Intelligence, is one component of that. I'm responsible for the overall R and D efforts here uh, uh, here in Pittsburgh, and so that also includes different parts around uh, um, Internet of Things as well as in cybersecurity, right. where we also have uh, additional collaborations with CMU. For, for example, we just created the Bosch Chair for Security and Privacy right. Technologies. This was maybe three years ago now, right. yeah, yeah, three right. years ago in 2015. Uh, also. Because um, cybersecurity is really a critical component of what uh, Zico mentioned, right? Those guarantees. Mm-hmm. An important part these days of guaranteeing something works is guaranteeing that it's secure, that it handles your data, your potentially pri- personally identifiable information. So at Bosch, yeah. you're working on all these different things. So you Correct. have different teams for each of those initiatives or those foci area? Correct, yeah. yeah. So different teams. Um, but what I think is also, what, yes, what excites me is that it's all happening here, right? So the Bosch mm-hmm. Center for AI, the research component, we're not. We didn't launch a center for research here in the U.S. Right. We are the, the center for. So research there's nothing in AI else here. like this around the world. Uh, so around the world, that's true. So in in, in Germany and yeah, also in Germany, there is yeah, of course, course yeah. But uh, um, the United States, though, we're the, the only one yep, there. And you're the only one here. Yeah, we're the only one. And so not to say that others could not happen, but for us to be the, the pioneer, the right. spearhead, I think it's exactly. a recognition of what the what the region has to offer about this long-standing partnership with Carnegie Mellon about the very special yeah relationship I think that, that Bosch and CMU has um, again, being a STMU guy, it's like, hey, you know what? We can't beat Stanford in the Rose Bowl, but we can beat him in this case. So I'll, I'll take it. I'll take this over that. Yeah, I'll take this. Yeah. I think I think head, head injuries. The, the Rose Bowl's highly overrated <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Just saying. Who cares about that? It's a long-term relationship. Lots of of um, opportunities here. You've watched Pittsburgh change over the you oh, know, yes. last couple of decades, right? Yes. Do you think that? From both of your view, I mean, obviously, from an academic standpoint, you know that there's there's the need, there's the interest. Do you think that this is really transformative for Pittsburgh and for your work? Uh, yeah, certainly certainly for, for our work, it's absolutely transformative. Having this kind of resources and this kind of collaboration going on is, is really is really kind of amazing uh, when it comes down to it. Um, and and as a whole, yes, I think I think you know there's a lot of things that are causing this transformation in Pittsburgh. It's not like this is the one thing, but really, actually, oh, this more, is more than anything, this it's, is, a, it's very critical. It's but a key it, piece. It really sure. is. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is. But what it is is it's indicative of this general trend, right? Right. There's a lot going on here in tech, as you guys, I'm sure, yeah. are, are more familiar with than me. Um, there's a huge amount of stuff happening in the city, and, and I think the the closeness of, of course, you know, the, the major universities. You have you have CMU and Pitt right, right. there. As well as all these companies that are coming in and realizing that they can they can use this talent, they can build upon this. It's a it's you know for for a tenth the price of, of the Bay Area rent and and buying a home, right? right you can have it, you have right access. <laughs> I guess that's true. We should, Give it shouldn't time. talk to Give you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can you can basically set up a community that is able to drive these technological um, technological issues forward uh, with kind of incredible collaboration between. Uh, the academic sphere, the industry sphere, and, and and the community sphere, and I really think that this is this these things coming together make Pittsburgh kind of an amazing place for these things to happen. So, are you seeing inbound inquiry as a result of this collaboration? I mean, obviously over two decades with Bosch being here, but now with this AI 
um, partnership. In terms of other parts of Bosch being right. or other, other mm-hmm. people coming Just in. parts yeah, of Bosch, yeah. other parts of the world. <laughs> Other yeah. industry sectors. <laughs> so um, you're laughing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm laughing because uh, so I just got married about uh, uh, a little, little bit more than two years ago, and during that 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 uh, when I, during the engagement all that kind of stuff, I was traveling all the time. So mm-hmm. like I, you know, didn't get a chance to sure. see my then fiance wife. Since we made the announcement uh, for the, the 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 launch of the BCI, the Boston Center for Artificial Intelligence, it has been pretty much constant, you know, business tourism here. Right, like, yeah. like yeah. I haven't, I, I haven't yeah. been to Germany since I don't even remember the last time. So Bosch is, of course, headquartered right. in Germany with operations all over the place. I don't even remember the last time I was there, and I can't remember the last time that happened. Everybody is so eager to come here and to see what's going and on. So, what and are everything. you seeing? Can you just do a little yeah, bit of qualitative? Sure. Uh, so, um, so Zico and I work on the research side of right. things, right? So our mission is to shape the future of technology across Bosch. Um, and so now it's, it's, what's happening is it's not just people working in research. It's uh, people within our business units that are creating these products right. and services that Zico mentioned that we need to create uh, quality guarantees and make sure that, hey, what is the next generation of these things going to look like? They're coming to Pittsburgh now more and more than they have in, in the past, and they want to know what does the future look like and how can I be part of what you guys are doing here so that I can make sure that my, my division, my unit, my team, my products right. are ready for that. That's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, super, that's, that's yeah, really it, exciting. Yeah, when they Condor come, and American Airlines, they also find it very I know. exciting. Exactly they are, right. We know. We love that. That's right. It's been phenomenal. Yeah. We yeah. haven't had a flight like that since I moved here. I was so. actually on that very last flight that, uh, on, on a, at that point, U.S. Airways between Frankfurt and Pittsburgh. Right. The, very, the very last one in 2004. No, so that's exciting. So you're seeing that kind of energy. And we're, we're feeling it because we, you know, get a lot of inbound activities. What about for um, people who want to study with you? Zico, are you still <laughs> yeah, exactly? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I do. My my number of, of, of emails yeah. asking to, to it's actually a horrible way to get in touch with the faculty is to email them because you should, you're supposed to just apply to the program. I know. <laughs> it's, but I'm sure people we can't answer we can't answer the volume we get unfortunately. But um, uh, look, I, I think that um, I, I mean yes to a certain extent, right? I mean th- there is more interest in the kind of right. work I'm doing. Uh, absolutely. Um, but but even more than that, what I what I would really say is that what's what I'm seeing an explosion of what we what we really see is growing is the interest that new students have in AI generally speaking. Mm. Um, so I think that on the whole, you know, the number of applicants we see in AI is just growing. I think we have we've had more than a thousand applicants to the PhD program. I think we and that, and that's just for grad school. And there's obviously right. a lot of you know self selection there. Exactly. Um, but and the number of undergrad applications are growing hugely too. Uh, CMU just started uh, right. the first AI major in right. the country. So for at, at the undergrad level, are you teaching undergrad? Yeah, I do. I'm teaching in the spring, actually, the undergrad version of AI for those majors. So I'm I'm very involved in sort of that program as well. And what we're seeing really is, is as a whole, um, both in my own lab and as you know, in AI as a field, so we're seeing just a number of people and a huge, huge influx of people that are hugely excited about this topic, hugely interested in how these ideas from AI can kind of transform uh, the, the world as a whole, but also uh, a real understanding of the issues I mentioned in AI. So uh, a kind of an awareness of the limits of AI kind of applied, broadly speaking, and um, a, a sort of an interest in, in thinking about how we can take these tools and make them safer and make them create a better world as a whole. For sure. Okay, so we could we're gonna have to. We have need to you come back. back. We yes. need to have you guys back so we can do a, a even more deeper dive, because obviously this is a hot topic. Obviously, you guys are doing incredible work. Thank you, Bosch. Thank you, Zico, for the work that you're doing. We will 
hear from you soon. We thank you for joining us today. Thank you for our listeners that we had an opportunity to speak with um, the Bosch Institute in the partnership with Carnegie Mellon. Great stuff. We're taking a break. We're coming right back with more Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. You can always tell it's that time of year, Audrey. The leaves are starting to change a little bit. The humidity is down to maybe 90% now, not the 100 that's been for seemingly the past six months. But you know it's fall when the Three Rivers Educational Technology Conference, Tretzi, comes to town. And that's happening November 6th, just around the corner. And don't forget to vote. And don't forget to vote. Absolutely. You can do that all in the same day. Go to Tretzi and vote, right? <laughs> I don't know. So who do we have in the house here? <laughs> we have someone who has a lot of historical yeah. knowledge on Tretzi, but also, you know, pushing us forward. A founder and a pioneer of Tretzi. Who do we have with us today? Introduce yourself, please, dear sir. <laughs> I'm Norton Gusky, and... Along with a small crew, including Kevin Conrad from the Allegheny Remediate Unit, I helped to get Tretzi off the ground. We think it's a little over 20 years. We, we've lost track of how many years ago. But I know. It, it goes back. It and, goes back, right. It yeah. goes back at least two decades. Right. But then they tell us, like, what is the, the, the pitch of this thing? Why do people need to attend this? What is this thing? What is this beast, this monster that you guys created 20-plus years ago? So this is really the premier event for educators in K-20 through looking at the world of educational technology. And over the years, we really tried to grow this into a learning event, not just a technology event. So it's more about how to integrate the technology into classrooms, into higher education, into after-school programs, into all different environments where we have kids learning. And Tretzi offers just tremendous opportunities for people that it's not just in terms of having presentations that you can go to, but their vendors The Pittsburgh Technology Council has done a wonderful job pulling in a variety of vendors. We've added an innovation zone where you have a chance to see new and innovative projects and companies that are working in the educational technology space. You also have a chance to hear and see kids, students. We'll have a student showcase, and we have students who are presenting. And so I think it's really important that we listen not just to the educators, but we listen to the kids because we really need to hear what's really pulling them in, what's giving them voice, what's and, giving them agency, and how's the technology do that? And it changes so fast these days as well, too. You think you have it figured out, and two years later, the kids are learning in a different way, right? And that's right. And so the conference provides a variety of opportunities. And this year, we have a really special guest, Mike Moe, who the Tech Council has had a long relationship with. Right. We're excited. Audrey, tell us about this Mike Moe guy, because I know you know Mike Moe very well. Well, I mean, Mike Moe is sort of like a behind-the-scene legends in Silicon Valley. He started Global Silicon Valley. That's called GSV. But he also started this partnership with Arizona State University, and it's an annual conference that's really quite significant and focused on education, tech, the new world of work. And it's called GSV plus sign ASU. So Mike, first of all, Mike loves Pittsburgh. He was a longtime friend of Bill Campbell, who had died a couple of years ago. And uh, and Bill Campbell, just so our listeners know, was the founder of Intuit, mentor to Steve Jobs. Like he's a well, Silicon he was one Valley of the hero. First people on the board of, um, of Apple. Apple, right? But lots and lots of yeah, things yeah. about Bill. He's an amazing guy, and I don't want to shrift that. Um, but. Uh, Mo really likes this region, and he's a native Minnesotan, so he has a deep love for sort of the inner middle middle America. But he also is very passionate about the new world of, of work and education. So that's what he's going to be here. He'll sit on a panel. He'll do a keynote. 
Excellent. Um, he'll be hanging out. And uh, and I love the fact that we're having it in high school, you know, and I always, I really on the scene, appreciate you know, that, on the like scene, being right? on the scene. Yeah. Exactly. And just to remind our listeners, if you go to Tretzi.org, you can learn about all the speakers, all the activities. It is a full-day event. It is literally a full-day event. Action-packed. Yeah. And let me talk a little bit about the high school environment, because for a number of years, we were in the Regional Learning Alliance, and then we were in right. hotels, and we reached a point where we were growing and we needed to find a new business model. And I had remembered that years ago, the Bethel Park Area School District had hosted a technology conference. And I thought, I wonder if we could do that again in a school environment. And so I, I reached out to a colleague of mine, Ron Ryer, at Bethel Park, and he kind of looked at me and said, are you kidding? And I said, well, go back and talk with your administration. And after they thought about it, they realized this is a good deal because what we do is we provide an opportunity for the educators to have an in-service day. So this year, we're going to be at Baldwin High School. And so in addition to all the people who might normally come from other schools, we're going to have a large contingent of educators from Baldwin High School be there, and they'll be show showcasing some of their work. And one of the things that's exciting to me is Baldwin is probably one of the most diverse schools in the region, mm. especially in regard to immigrant populations. Really? That's a lot of refugees. Huh. Really? Tell and we're really hoping that. to really? showcase some of the work that's been done with populations of young people who are refugees and how the technology right. has made a difference for them. Oh, this is really interesting. That is, you're adding like the, uh, the cherry on the sundae here of what is well, Tretzi. So, yeah. so that's a little tease inside of what's happening with Tretzi. What else are you excited about? Well, as you mentioned about Mike Moe, I mean, one of the things that I've really been excited about in the last few years is getting more student involvement. And with the opportunity to have Mike Moe in here, Brian Kennedy from the Tech Council came up with a really neat concept. We have a lot of schools that are just beginning to think about the idea of student entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and getting exactly. kids involved and in creating their own businesses, or if not just a business, thinking as a business person, taking the risk doing the things that are necessary, really, to kickstart an idea. And we thought, wouldn't it be neat if we could have a session where Mike Moe could actually listen to kids' ideas right. and then provide feedback? Oh, that's cool. Do that. Like a little pitch session. Exactly. Yeah, that's – oh, i gotta, I got to check this one out. This is going to be great. We oh, to like, you're going to come to Tretzi? I might, I might come this year. I, I came last year. I haven't been to one since. <laughs> like so, I'm coming. I'm just saying, I'm going to be there. I mean, you talk about so kids what? Pitching. So what about your view in terms of this whole conversation about the next iteration of work? Now, I think it's a really fascinating topic, and I was involved at a conference um, that was in D.C. last year that a group called the Consortium for Schools Network does, COSIN, and they were using the theme of the Fourth Industrial Revolution, which is really kind of the underlying um, pin behind this is that we really need to be rethinking in terms of what direction we're going because the world of technology has changed our whole understanding of what kids need to know, what right. people need right. to know, and what the work world is going to be. And so we have a number of reports that have come out kind of looking at this world. And what we know is it's going to be much more about skills and competencies. And we know that technology is going to play a role in that. And we know things like artificial intelligence is going to make a difference. And this year, I'm really excited because Dustin Aglio, who's been an active part of Tretzi, is going to be sharing the vision of the Montour School District. And they've taken a leadership in the idea of incorporating artificial intelligence into a K-12 through program. Whoa. So yeah. if people really are interested in hearing some cutting-edge wow. ideas and thoughts, that's what Tretzi has really tried to do. Some of the people that are on my committee go to conferences all over the world, literally, and they come back and say, you know, 
I listen to what's going on at Tressy, and you guys are doing more than many of these conferences that are considered to be the cutting-edge conferences across the country. And, and you think it has to do with how close you stay to the students and the faculty and the teachers? I, I think it's a combination of that. Pittsburgh has become a real hotbed. We've really tried to align ourselves with Remake Learning. Remake Learning has really brought people together in a way that mm, I don't think happened until yeah. the last 10 years, especially the opportunity to collaborate. Right. And so we, we take this year what used to be what we call the Remake Learning Zone, and we've created now the Innovation Zones. It's idea, let's take it a step further, but it's the idea to, to really take advantage of things that are going on here in Pittsburgh. Carnegie Mellon University, the University of Pittsburgh, Duquesne University, our universities have really become leaders in the world of educational technology. So many of the projects that we showcase come out of that world. Hmm. And so it's a chance to share those. And so in addition to presentations that are mainly by classroom teachers, but we often have presenters that are vendors or exhibitors, but we make sure what's different about our conference is that a vendor can't present and do a sales pitch. They have to share an educational idea or concept with educators because we want people to understand that's what this conference is about. Exactly. We're not right, trying right. to say buy this. We're trying to say listen and learn. And if it's something you like, the people that can tell you more about it and right. can sell you, they're there. They're there. Right, exactly. But it's not a sales pitch. It's really a learning opportunity. This just works on so many different levels, and that's why I really encourage people to go to tretzi.org, and you can learn more about it and really see where you plug in. Because if you're into artificial intelligence, stop by. There's something there. If you're into leading edge, you know, educational technologies, there's there. Thought leaders, they're there. Students, they're there. Educators, they're there. It's like, whoa. But they're all touching the things that everyone is shining the light on. Exactly. And that, that's the piece that's so cool. They're all trying to experiment. And one of the new things this year that we're going to try, because we've done a pretty good job of reaching out to the K-12 through world, but there's always been this issue. What about those people who are about to become teachers, people who are the pre-service teachers? Uh, okay. Because oh. there's a disconnect often that they're in the university level, and even when they're in a, a university that may be more advanced, what they learn isn't what's going on in the classroom of no. today. So this year, through connections with California PA with um, Grove City um, and with St. Vincent, we're hoping to have those teachers come who can actually experience and see and hear what's going on in the classroom so that they're then aware and open to those new ideas. And that's really exciting for me. I see this as a whole new growth area for Tretzi. Going in whole new directions, I think, is just completely exciting. We've got a couple minutes left. Tretzi.org. Fantastic. It's happening November the 6th. What more? What else should we know about this? And we got to take a break. Well, what's different about Tretzi in the last couple of years is when you go to a conference, you often say to yourself, you know, I wish I had a moment or two just to process what happened to me. Yeah. And for the last couple of years, I've been challenging the planning team, which is made up of people from all over yeah. the region. How can we come up with an activity at the end so that people can oh. actually now think about synthesize what this, it all, right? synthesize yeah. it, put it together, talk with other people? That was a missing piece. One of the things about conferences yeah. that I think is really so important is the networking. Mm -hmm. It's going to conferences. It's seeing the presentations. Right. It's hearing the keynote. But ultimately, what do you remember? It's usually when you talk with someone and you talk about a specific idea or a project. So we've incorporated that into Tretzi. So the day has really a nice shape to it and wraps up with a closing activity that will help people really process and think about where do I go next.
Norton Gusky, you are the man with the you plan. Are. Thank yeah. you for your leadership on this, and yeah. thank you for your persistence. Well, I thank you for the opportunity. This has been fun. Yeah, it's important stuff. I mean, this is really shaping the future. So, Tretzi, November the 6th, tretzi.org. Learn more about it there. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council doing events like this with guys like Norton. So glad to be doing it and bringing it to you here on a Friday night. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.